Peace and blessings, family. It is the Ratchet Righteous Goddess herself, them chakras. Make sure you follow the podcast anywhere you can find the podcast at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Make sure you follow me over there on Instagram for your motivational minutes at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. And make sure you follow me over there on Twitter where you receive way more ratchet than you ever would righteous at D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Hey, y'all. Hey. If nobody has told you today, please let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And family, I don't be asking for much. I don't feel like I ask for much. But before I ask for this, I just wanted to preface that by saying I don't feel like I ask for much. Now, with that being said, I am asking you guys to head over to Apple Podcasts and just to rate the podcast. Just to rate it. That's all. I don't want much. Just rate it. Um, Give it an honest rating. Prayerfully, it's a five-star rating. But... I realized that in order for me to really be consistent with podcasting, and I'm going to just put y'all into independent podcasters business for a minute. So we do this because it's fun. We do it because it's therapeutic. We do it because we love having meaningful conversations. A lot of big time podcasts have these one-off conversations that are just really great and it doesn't feel like we're always fulfilled each episode however when I think about like the independent level of podcasting and I think about like my tribe my pattern family and just the overall conversations that we have like we really put a lot into these podcasts and in order for us to really be able to nourish from the fruits of our labor we need to know that you guys are listening to us and I know that you guys may think like it's somewhat out of reach like Like, you know, I I listen to this person, you know, like I see this person on Instagram, I see this person tweeting, but we be right down the street, you know, like, and we need to know that you guys are listening. We need to know that you guys hear what we're saying and not like, you know, you're taking it all in that, that would be beautiful if, you know, you're absorbing these things and using them in the way, you know, that we would love for you to utilize them. But it really just means a lot to know that somebody is taking the time, like, at least I can speak for me. I don't sit and I don't look at my analytics and my insights all the time. I wait for y'all to like repost the podcast or I love for y'all to like slide into my DMs or to like comment underneath and be like, hey, sis, last episode was great. Or remember that episode you did with your dad? Like I was really feeling that. Sometimes my sacral circle ladies come to me and be like, girl, I listened to an old episode. Um, Denise Laurel, our black ass business from last week was telling me that she plays my podcast in her shop. So again, shout out to Denise Laurel. Lady, I love you. I love you to life. Thank you so much for your support and all the lovely ladies who go and get styled by you who support me as well. I love you, ladies. Thank you so much. I promise you I'm gonna slide through there soon. Um, I'm just asking that you guys just continuously and not just me, but any podcast that you love that you know is at an independent level. I'm not talking about people on networks. I'm not talking. I mean, those people are great. But these people, you know, us who still work this nine to five and still take the time to record these episodes, like, just let us know that you are listening like we it it don't have to be the repost in your Instagram it don't have to be none of that but if you could just rate the podcast just so I know that you're present and that you're here because y'all are my tribe and I love to hear from y'all I love to talk to y'all I love to vibe with y'all and the more that I know y'all exist the more I will get my ass up out this house and come see y'all I promise y'all I promise y'all I will come fuck with y'all in y'all city and come kick it and do live shows and do you know meet and greets and do all those things but I need to know where y'all are so I'm just asking that you rate the podcast and you 
just continue to fuck with me on social media just to say like, hey, sis, I'm here. I see you. I hear you. I love you. I like you. All those good things. Just so I know that, you know, like my purpose isn't in vain, at least not in the way that I think it is. Like, I just want to make sure that I'm in direct alignment with my tribe and my people. So I'm just asking that y'all head over to Apple Podcasts and to rate the podcast and just to let me know that y'all are here, that y'all are present and that, you know, like y'all fuck with me just as much as I fuck with y'all. That is the only favor that I'm asking for this episode. The other thing that I wanted to come to y'all about, I just wanted to let y'all know that life is not life is not a race. This has nothing to do with this week's episode. This has nothing to do with the context, but I have been having a lot of anxiety lately about my purpose and what I'm doing in life. And I feel like we all need that reminder right now. Like social media has been the place that we've gone to for like the past 18 months for some type of entertainment because we were stuck in the house. And as we can go outside, it still is some form of habit for us because it's something that we did almost every day, you know, especially for the people who were working from home like that was our little bit of release you know it was like listen I'm gonna go to Target real quick go to Walmart real quick I'm gonna find something to buy from the grocery store and then I'm gonna hop on TikTok or I'm gonna hop on you know YouTube or I'm gonna hop on Instagram and you know to hop on Twitter see what people are doing so I feel like we still do the same thing like it's become so much of a part of our day-to-day that sometimes we get wrapped up in what's going on on social media and you feel like you should be farther along in your life and you feel like you should have been doing more and you feel like you know like you're not really working on yourself and you're not necessarily doing the damn thing and all the things that you could be doing or you know maybe you're not the best mom or you're not the best wife because your life doesn't depict the things that you're seeing on social media. And baby, I'm just here to let you know that your life is your life. Your journey is your journey. Your missions are your missions. Your purpose is your purpose. And nobody on social media can dictate that for you. Not me, not anybody else, not your favorite influencer, not your favorite life coach, not your favorite celebrity. None of the motherfucking people matter. Like, you matter. Your journey matters. Do what is best for you. Take time for yourself. Step away from social media for a couple of days if you need to. I started taking breaks every week- weekend. So although y'all see content, that doesn't mean that I'm like directly posting the content. I've, you know, set that in stone so that I don't have to be by my phone all the time. Like, I don't want to be bothered by other people's current situation. And I got my own current events going on. I just wanted to put that bug in y'all ear this episode and to let y'all know that I like you and I love you each and every day. And I hope that y'all are doing well. We don't do mental health check-ins enough without people. And I'm checking in with y'all. If y'all need anything only to, you know, as much as I can offer, because of course, everybody got their own shit going on. I can always give you guys encouraging words. Go back to my Instagram and look at the old motivational minutes especially in the IGTV section I was looking back at some of my shit just receiving these spiritual reminders like baby like you got this you know like you've been here before all is well all will be well I can give you guys a list of great people to listen to you know great books to read all of those great things if you just need a way to reset or you're looking for different methods of healing things of that nature come fuck with your girl come holler at me like I got y'all I swear I do anything that I can do within reach that is not over and over extension of me I I will definitely do it like y'all y'all know I love y'all y'all know that I love y'all and I just felt that on my heart to share with you guys this episode now to hop into you know our our normal you know repertoire normal regimen of conversation our black ass business this week is actually a um it's an online business that's also offline and the reason why I say it's an online business is because in order for you to really see the magic instill 
And I know, didn't I just say get off of social media? <laughs> but to really see the magic in still, like the, the still photos and just to see the amazing woman that she is, you really have to go over to her Instagram just to see like how stylish this woman is. Our Black Ass Business this week is Atara Styles. Listen, let me tell you something, all right? I met this young lady at an event um, over the summertime, like closer to the end of the summer, but in the summertime at an event for um, BQ Garrett. And she is another amazing woman. Um, I want to get her on the show just to talk about motivation and things of that nature. So sis, if you're listening, like if you got time, I got time. Like I, I'm on your schedule at this point. Um, I met, um, Atara Styles at the event and she just, she was already stylish. Like she was already, you know, giving it to me, but just to talk to her and just to know like what her journey is and what her purpose is for not just women, but for plus size women and for black women. And to see that she is just created this creative and colorful space for black women to just be. And she styles in a way that I have never seen. Like there are patterns and colors and textures that she puts together and it just looks so fire. It's so professional, especially when you're trying to move into your purpose. A lot of the time, you know, we sometimes just be like, I don't really know like what to wear. Like what would boss ask me wear? What would bad bitch me wear? What would fine ask me wear? And it's like every day she just delivers. Like she just, she be delivering. And she has a great team of black women behind her, backing her and supporting her. And she just recently did her first brunch. And my God, I wasn't able to attend. I apologize. My mental was just not in the space to be surrounded by all that love at the moment. I would have had a whole fucking breakdown at brunch. (laughs) But to see the photos and to see all those lovely ladies and just, to see how they came out and to see the color scheme and to see how she said like y'all really got to go over there and check her out so I will put a link to her below she's a personal stylist so like go and book her services I am hashtag a bitch that can't dress so I will be booking her services as well because I really want to start walking in my purpose and looking like the bad bitch that I am right the bad bitch goddess that I am so I really need to talk to my sister be like listen can you help me because I will throw in some jeans and uh, a onesie and a hoodie or whatever in a heartbeat with a pair of tennis shoes on a collar today but I got boots in my closet I got heels in my closet I got dresses in my closet that I never wore because I don't know what to pair it with so I'm gonna reach out to her and um, my good sis she gonna get me together I know she's gonna get me together that's Atara Styles A-T-A-R-A-H-S-T-Y-L-E-S or L-E I'm gonna post it below so that you guys have the direct link so that you guys can go fuck with her Atara Style is our black ass business this week now what I wanted to talk to y'all about this week I'm going to work on transitions. <laughs> what I really wanted to talk to y'all about this week is healing. And we talk about healing all week, you know, every week or every time we get together. But I have been doing healing at a inner child space and it has been very eye-opening, but it's also been very painful. I have cried a lot and it has a lot to do with my upbringing. And y'all know that I've told that story uh, before. Like I've talked about like the women in my life and how it shaped my femininity and being feminine and all those good things um, in previous episodes. I'll link that below as well. I have really been in this space of like trying to forgive my parents. And I've been talking to my therapist about things because, you know, I'm in therapy. Like, I got I got a black woman therapist and everything. She be helping me. She be she be giving me the right. Be like, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Like, because I be going through it. Um, But, like, between just anxious thoughts and just all the things, like, will I ever heal from this? Will, you know, this be my life? I look at my partnership and I'm like, damn, you know, like, we've been together for a while and, 
I I don't want to end in divorce. I know divorce isn't a bad thing, but like I see how messy divorces get. Like all those, it's just so much that I feel like I'm anxious about and I be losing sense of my present moment when it comes to certain things in my life just because it's shit that I got to heal from. And it's primarily because my motherfucking parents did it. And I know, I know that y'all know where I'm coming from. You like, listen, my mother, she used to do this. My father used to do this. Or my mother wasn't around or my father wasn't around. And it you harbor a lot of hurt in those places. And one thing we talked about on Instagram recently was how when we refuse to forgive, we stunt our growth. And it hurts so bad to to feel like somebody who hurt you or hurt your feelings. Like sometimes it feels so bad to think that you would have to be the one to extend the olive branch when you don't feel like you did anything wrong. And to be honest, you didn't do anything wrong, especially in those moments as children when like shit was going on that we had no control over to feel so helpless. And it's like that, like, why the fuck would that happen to me? And then you look at your parents now and you see how much they've grown or how much they've changed or if they, you know, if they've changed at all. And you're just like, where the fuck was that when I was 10? Where the fuck was that when I I was five where the fuck was that at when I needed you where the fuck were you at when I needed you and we create these walls we create these these brick walls like these impenetrable walls that prevents us from being able to forgive these people and just to grow and we also prevent our us from being able to just give them credit for the things that they were able to do correctly like Little do we know that it's shit that our parents were struggling with that we will never know the full story to. And that is not to excuse what they did. It's not to invalidate our growth. It's not to invalidate the way we feel. It's not to invalidate the fact as though the shit happened. It's not to invalidate the trauma at all. It's to say like, damn, like, you know, like where the fuck was this at? And now that I'm grown, like, and I'm able to start processing things a little bit different, like I'll be 30 in like a year and a half. And I am like, I know my life ain't over 30. Like my life really just beginning for the most part, but I have, I have matured in ways that most people don't. So when I look when I look back at my life and I look back at the things that my parents did, I look at it from an adult's eyes because I have a child. And I think about the things that my parents did and how they probably thought at that moment they were doing what was best for me or what was what they were doing, what what was best for them. But I couldn't understand the selfishness that needed to be that needed to be administered in order for them to be able to just have peace. Like sometimes as parents, right? Like we just, we just need a moment of peace and we don't get that. And it's so unfair to put that on our children, especially for people who have multiple children, like to do it over and over and over again. And it's like, okay, well, I can't take it back. You know, my mindset when I was having kids or my mindset when I was pregnant, is totally different than from where I was now. And for me to say that I have to extend that same grace to my mother and I have to extend that same grace to my father. I didn't say you had to do it. I said, I had to do it. I didn't say that you had to do it. I had to do it one more time for the people in the back who always feel like somebody is antagonizing them because somebody is speaking to something that honestly they feel like they could use towards their life but don't want to (laughs) I had to do that not you nobody's saying that you have to do anything again I always speak from my perspective and the things that I've experienced and I just hope that this reaches you with you know great intent and encouragement to possibly do the same because I know that we all have childhood wounds like I know I know that we have childhood wounds and I know that we have childhood trauma and I remember back you know during that time like of being a child when my parents divorced like 
how empty I felt and how lost I felt and how out of control things felt and to have all these different women in and out of my life because my father was dating like back then I didn't even one I didn't know anything about trauma and two I knew nothing about trauma responses I knew nothing about coping mechanisms I knew nothing you like I knew what my therapist I knew what my guidance counselor I knew what my psychiatrist and my you know therapist and all those people were were trying to teach me but this is coming from somebody at in those moments who was 11 and depressed 14 and suicidal you know 15 and pregnant like it was tough it was so tough and I'm gonna preface this in advance like this is a very emotional episode for me but I feel like so many of us are experiencing not necessarily the same thing but feeling a lot of the same um Feeling a lot of the same, I don't want to say like anger, because it is anger as well, but feeling the same like sadness when you think back to the fact that so like, did my parents really love me? And like, I'll, I'll tell you, like several months ago, I was sitting in my room. I think that something happened with like my dad or something like he said something to me. And when I got off the phone with him, I just was like, what the fuck? Like he didn't, and he didn't say anything crazy. It's just something that he said. I don't even remember what the conversation was, but it was something that he said regarding to my great aunt, who is my godmother, who I spent a lot of my childhood with that made me realize like I spent more time with Michelle than I did with my motherfucking parents. Why? why like why is that and in the moments that I did spend with my parents the things that I remember are like either really good or really fucking traumatic and the the trauma overshadows the good times so it's like really all the fuck I remember is the trauma and I sat down for a second like I really did I sat still and I cried oh my god I cried and I cried from the pit of my stomach because my inner child is so she's so hurt and the conversations that I have to have with her is very remedial like I I have to speak to myself like a child I have to say like well Christian you know consider this and what's crazy is that recently I've had talks with both of my parents just about things and the thing that I said to the both of them was that I now understand that you did your best And even in the moments where it might not have been good enough for me then, like it wasn't anything that um, was conducive to me. It wasn't anything that would help me at all. And being a child, there were things, there were times where I was like reprimanded or there were things that like my parents said to me that will always stick with me that made me feel like my parents didn't love me. But again, they were doing the best with what they knew. And their refusal to learn at that time, their refusal to realize the error and that like, I got to forgive them because these niggas had bills. These niggas was going through a divorce. My mother was paying child support. Like my father was just trying to find somebody to love. Like they also didn't grow up with, with what, with what I had. Like my parents were totally different than their parents. Like, I can't imagine, I can't imagine what it was like to grow up in a time where like men couldn't cry. I couldn't imagine growing up in a time where, you know, you, you kind of felt like you had to stick it through in your marriage because everybody else was looking at you, you know, like all oh, the church knew your business and you know, like I, I, I could not imagine, I could not imagine trying to make do and to find somewhat peace in my life when 
everybody had such a large say in what the fuck was happening with me. I could not imagine. I could not imagine wanting to have privacy and having no privacy at all. Like, I I just couldn't. Like, not having the financial literacy to do things. Like, although my family is a very well-rounded family, a very well-off family as well. Like, I didn't want for anything. I still, to this day, don't want for anything material-wise. But there are things in my life, like, emotionally that I could could have truly benefited from. Like, I would rather have been more emotionally wealthy than I ever could monetarily. And those things, like, that revelation honestly came from better understanding my childhood. So this took some shadow work. So that's really, that's really what this episode, I, I went on that long tangent to say, like, this was really some shadow work exercises for me where I had to sit down and I had to say, okay, like, what did my parents do that I refused to do? What are the refusals? And then what are the things that my parents did that I can give them credit for? So the credits and the refusals. And I made a list. Y'all know I'm big on lists. Y'all know I'm big on lists. I'm big on, um, you know, writing out my copious notes, like my girl Kira from Moms and Martini says, like, I I really had to sit down and I had to, I had to say like, okay, these are the things that I refuse to do as a parent. These are the things that I refuse to do as a partner. These are the things that I refuse to do as a woman. These are the things that I refuse to do as an adult. These are the things that I refuse, those generational curses. And whether it be that it was just from their generation and, you know, they, they sparked that shit, or maybe it was something that, you know, was passed down through generations. And as they started to make the changes, even, you know, in having children, maybe it caused some type of block, whatever, whatever the case may be, those things that I feel like I just refuse to do I'm not doing it I'm not fucking doing it and then the things that I had to give them credit for because it was not all bad like it wasn't I still have a great relationship with both of my parents like I talk to my parents I'm open with my parents I talk to my therapist about my parents my dad uh, I, he's now at a place where he wants to go to therapy my mom is in therapy so I have to give them credit for things because they're growing and they're both 50 years old but like these niggas is growing and these niggas is trying and I'd be damned if I hold a grudge against trying people especially when they trying for me like they trying for themselves but for both of my parents to come back to me and apologize and for both of my parents to come back to me and to tell me like listen I did the best with what I had I did the best with what I knew I did the best with what I could do like I I accepted that I accepted those apologies and again I accepted those apologies I don't know your trauma I don't I don't know your trauma. I don't know what you experienced. But right now, what I'm really speaking to is in those moments where you think about your childhood and you think about your life. Now, I want you to think about the credits and I want you to think about the refusals. I want you to think about the things that you can say that I watched, you know, my parent or my guardian, the um, the parental figure in my life. I watched them do. And I can honestly say that in doing that, it creates not just a safe space for me, but it makes sense to me and it's not hurting anybody else. And I would not mind passing that trait down to my child. And then I want you to think about the refusals. What the things that you saw your parental units do as you grew up and you say to yourself like I'm just not fucking doing it I'm not I'm not passing that on to my child or I'm just I'm not doing it in my life like even for the people who don't have children maybe that's the reason why you won't have any kids because you just like I don't I couldn't imagine doing that shit to somebody I couldn't imagine putting that on somebody else like that's why I only have one child that's why I'm only ever having one child my partner and I have talked and he you know he says like baby like i I would love for him to have a sibling. I would love for, you know, like us to have a child. And I'm just like, I hear you. I I hear you. However, 
this world is a cruel fucking place. I got bills. <laughs> I got insurances to pay. And it's tough enough as is. Now, as I grow and as I, you know, go through life and as I glow up and as, you know, like finances become a bit more accessible and my wealth and my abundance grows, then I might consider it. But right now at this place, I would not dare bring life into this world. And I also think about the fact that so like the world as it is, like, do I really want a part of me to have to experience this shit. Like it's, it's tough enough, you know, like I bought my son into this world and I'm giving him the best that I can. And when I realize that something is wrong, I, I really be like taking classes and courses. I be learning like, cause I just, I can't do it. I can't do it to him I, because I know what the fuck it feels like. So even if, if you have children and you, you looking at it from the way I am, or if you don't have children and the reason why you don't have children is for those reasons. I just want you to know that I get it. Baby, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay? Like, I motherfucking get it. I truly fucking get it. So, I really want to start off talking about the the refusals. Like, the things that I'm just not doing. Like, I, I watched my parents do it. And that shit just is problematic as fuck. And they... And everything that I'm saying, it's not like they don't know. It's not like they didn't experience it. So this ain't no surprise to no fucking body. It's just things that I saw growing up as a child that I was just like, oh, hell no. I didn't like the way that it made me feel as an outsider. So I can only imagine what it felt like going through it. And the first thing is poor communication with my partner. My parents, and we talked about this last week. Um, Actually, if you guys go back and listen to suck as a person, suck as a partner, if you don't express your expectations or your intentions with your partner, how the fuck are they supposed to know? Like, you just think niggas is out here reading. My, like, that's just something that people do. It's, it's, I, I don't. And even as a child, as inquisitive as I was and as analytical as I was, I, I didn't get it then. And I don't get it now. Like, how can you not say anything? How, how can you not say anything? How can you not? Tell your partner, like, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm feeling. And again, I cannot speak to how my parents were raised. I honestly don't know too much about my parents' trauma through their childhood. I know about the traditions. I know about, you know, like, the the happy moments. But I don't know. I don't really know anything about my parents. Nor do I really want to act. Because then I feel like I would look at my grandparents differently. Um, And, like, I'm already trying to heal from my parents. So I I don't want to put that on them. Not right now. Um, But... I think about just the fact that when my parents got divorced, I remember the very last argument that they had very vividly because I was outside when it happened. Like I remember it vividly. I remember like what our house looked like. I remember the smell. I I remember like my dad standing by the car. I remember my cousin um who at the time I thought was my aunt like she was she's our neighbor she was our neighbor during the time and I just called her my aunt because we had such a great relationship but she's actually uh, literally family um I remember her being outside I remember her taking me into her like I just I remember all of these things from that argument and I just remember feeling like at that moment like that my family was over like my family was broken up like it was for sure just over with and over time and as I've gotten older there are things that both of my parents have shared to you know shared with me about the situation and I'm just like 
this all could have been avoided had somebody had said something. And I just refuse, I refuse to be in a partnership with somebody that I can't talk to. So not on top of just having effective communication, just realizing that if the communication is not at all effective because I'm trying and the other person isn't, then I'm letting that person go. I'm not holding on to things. I'm not holding on to relationships. I'm not holding on to my partner. I am not holding on to the dream or the idea just because, you know, like my family has seen us together or we've been together for so long or whatever the case may be. Like I am done allowing time to determine how much I put up with. Like, I just, I don't give a fuck about how many years I put in. Like, yeah, they was the years. I'm not going to get that time back. I might not ever get that money back. I might not ever, you know, I might not get, I might not get that level of sanity back. Like, you know, but fuck it because I went through it. I experienced it and it is what it is. And I'm going to grow from it. I refuse. I refuse to go down that path. I watched my parents for years. Okay. For years battle about the same fucking thing. And they never spoke to each other at an effective octave. It was always yelling. So my refusal is that I don't yell. That is another refusal of mine. I don't yell. If I yell at you, it is because I am at a place that I truly don't want to be at. Like I even, even angry me, angry me isn't even loud. Angry me honestly is eerily creepy, creepy calm. So it's very, it's, it's a one-off if you're going to hear me argue with anybody. I'm going to argue with you. Like, I'm going to get loud in an argument or in a disagreement because we in a club, you know, because the music too loud and I got to cuss you the fuck out. Even cussing somebody the fuck out, I'm really at this octave. I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm loud when I'm having fun. I'm loud when I'm out somewhere and it's kind of loud. I'm loud when I'm laughing. I'm loud, you know, like when I'm happy. But when it comes to me, like having to express how I feel and being serious and letting you know that I'm not fucking playing, there's no way in hell that I'm going to raise my voice at you because how am I, how, how should, how does a person receive that? Like I've realized that a lot of the time when people yell, people shut down. Like, I can't even fully receive the message because who the fuck are you talking to? Like, that's all I can think in those moments. So I can only imagine you in a marriage with somebody. You've been in this marriage for 14, 15, you know, years. And we just always fucking every time we go through something, we just always yelling like what? And then when we finally come back down from it, we just supposed to act like it didn't happen. So also having those follow up conversations like I be damned. I'd be damned if I don't follow up with my partner. Do those check-ins. How are you? How are we? Is there anything I could be doing better? Is there anything I need you to do better? Do I need you to step up to the plate? How are our finances looking? And if I'm in a partnership with you, these should be questions that I'm able to ask you and you not feel no way about it and vice versa. So I'm not doing this. A lot of things, a lot of this we talked about in our last episode. So I'm not going to spend too much time on that, but just effective communication and speaking about my expectations and my intentions throughout my partnership, throughout my relationship, not just in the beginning, not when you send the representative, not the first year in, not during the honeymoon stage, just overall, overall, we are going to effectively communicate in an effective octave. I'm not raising my fucking voice and if I find myself raising my voice I need to be aware enough to know that my octave is changing and to bring it down the peg and I ask the same for my partner and we do very well at that I actually that's one thing I pride myself in and I pride him in is the fact that we we communicate effectively and I think a lot of that comes from him as well he'll say like you know 
even growing up in his household between his two parents, how they would argue, they would be loud. And it's just like, I'm not, I'm not doing all, I don't even like to hear people yelling. Like that shit don't even feel good. So like, that's my top refusal. I'm just, I'm not, we, we just not doing it. We're not doing it. The other thing is just outward separation from fixed religion with no shame or guilt. So, um, my parents, my family in general, we have, uh, we had a family church, like a church that we attended through like generations. But I feel like over time, just in religion in general, it's not necessarily the religion more than it is like the religious leader of, you know, like your place of worship. And a lot of those times, those people aren't always integral. You know, those people aren't always honest people. And my family would still stick it out. My family would even adopt, adapt to their um, protocols and procedures of the church sometimes until after a while, it just got to be too much. And they actually separated from those churches and went to other churches. Me, on the other hand, I just left church altogether. I, that just didn't make sense to me. Like, how you go? What? Like, he who is without sin cast the first stone. So why you got a stone in your hand? I just, I'd be real confused. Like, how the fuck are you out front of your glass house and you trying to throw a rock at mine? Bitch, if I throw this brick, I'm going to fuck your whole structure up. Like, you like, I just, I never understood how, like, my parents would literally go to church every Sunday, would be very fucking active. And then something would happen and then they would just kind of like separate from the church for a while. You know, like maybe leadership wasn't the best. And then when a new leader came in, they would try it again and things would work out and then they would separate. Like, no, like my separation was separation without shame or guilt. Like for a while, my parents did feel away because my parent, my family was just like, Oh, well, when y'all going to find a church home, when y'all going to do this, when y'all going to do that. And for a while I could see that it did bother my parents. But after a while, it was just like, fuck it. My thing is, is like when I separated from the church and when I found my spiritual journey, was there some confusion because I had been doing this my entire life? Yes. Like referring to the Bible as my basic instructions before leaving earth. And you know, referring to scripture or going back to the you know members of my family who are members of the clergy like go and my family grew up Methodist like we we full like Pontius Pilate Methodist so it it was tough as far as my belief system but when my family asked me about it there was no shame in saying like I'm just not going to church no more you know my relationship with God don't have nothing to do with where I go to where where I worship that's when y'all, y'all figure that out. I don't need a church home. I am my church home. And it took, it took my parents, uh, it took them a while. And I still feel like sometimes now, well, not my mama, my mama don't give a fuck. But with my dad, sometimes I do feel like it is, um, it's a struggle because like we do things spiritually together. Like there are times where I, I will give my dad's like um, affirmations or mantras to read and, or I'll, you know, give him things. But my dad is also really big on research. So my dad went and started finding different things about the Bible. And he found like the 13 um, books of the Bible that were left out. And there's like, so it, it bothered him for a minute as well, because he just was like, you know, everything I know is motherfucking lie. Like what the fuck is going on? Um, but he grew over time to do that. I, I just never put the stipulation on my son. My grandmother's always like, when you gonna get him christened? I, 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 never, never, never. 
Cause I don't, I don't know what's going on in your pastor's home. I don't know um, what type of man he is outside of this church. And I'd be damned if I go back to my family church. Cause I don't like that bitch at all. You hear me? I don't like her at all. The religious leader of that church is a bitch. All right. Like not integral at all. Just not an integral woman. Very much old, very much tradition, very much Southern, very much judgmental, very much passes judgment, very much outside of her stone, uh, her glass home with a stone. Like, and I just, she leaves a very sour, her and her fat fucking feet leave a very sour taste in my mouth. I refuse i refuse and if you guys want like the backstory on that like i'll tell you what happened and why i feel so strongly about that at a later time but you ain't never got to worry about me um pressing religion onto my son if my son comes to me and says mommy i want to go to church okay baby let's go to church you know like if he gets to an age he's like six or seven or he's eight or nine he's like mommy i want to go to church i will take my baby to church or i will let you know allow my grandmother to take him to church allow whomever you know trusted being to take him to church and even his godfather godfather will take him to church that's cool because his godfather drums so take him to church go ahead go you go for it and then if he finds that maybe he wants to switch really if he wants to try out all the religions we're gonna try all of it out till my baby figure out what he want to do or if he comes to me one day and just be like mommy that's not for me baby that's cool too because it's not for mama either like I believe in like the Quran. I believe in, you know, different verses from the Bible. I believe in just Buddhist practices. I believe in um, just, you know, the Islam practices. There are certain Jewish practices. It's just things across the board that I'm just like, I fuck with all this. Like give, give me some all like this. This how, you know, like I could get with this. I can get with, with all of this. I have no problem with fixed religion. Like I have my, um, I have my opinion of fixed religion, but my family's very much religious and I love them no less. They love me no less. They, do they look at me kind of funny? Yeah, they, what the fuck is that around your neck? Why well, you got an eye around your neck? But they don't they don't look at me in a way just like, oh. Um, and talking to them outward, like this is not demonic at all or reminding them of their hoodoo practices at Thanksgiving. Like y'all be pulling out this candle, inviting in the ancestors, but me having a whole altar in my house is demonic. Get the fuck out of here. Um, so we had to have that conversation, but it wasn't a wild conversation conversation at all it was just literally bringing attention to the fact as though this is a hoodoo practice and hoodoo is black people practice so it wasn't it's not demonic at all I just do it differently I don't have a bible on my altar you know like you have a bible on your shelf next to your candle we just we differ in the way that we practice but the intent is no different so the outward separation from religion. Um, and then the other thing is just setting familiar boundaries before things get out of hand. So we talked about like um, my parents and their divorce and being loud and ineffective communication and things of that nature. But I also was the type of person growing up that I would see like, all right, so hold on, I'm gonna put you on my business real quick. Sidebar, um, my granny, um, my granny is a no holds bar woman. My granny going to tell you like it is. All right. She going to tell you what's on her mind. She don't give a fuck. Right. Nancy don't give not one fuck. And I love her for it. I just realized that my father and my mother both held back a lot with the things that they wanted to say to her because she is their elder, because she is my grandmother, because that is my mother, my father's mother, because you like for those reasons, me, 
I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to cuss you out. I'm not going to talk to you crazy. I'm not going to have this, you know, outlandish tone with you. But I'm going to let you know that I do not agree with what it is that you're saying and that it is not disrespectful for me to disagree. And I don't even have to say, like, Granny, what I am not disagree. Like, I, it is not disrespectful that I don't agree with such and such and such and such. But, like, even when she brings up, like, getting my son christened, she'll say things like, well, when are you going to get him christened? And I'm like, it ain't really in in the cards right now granny it's not even really something that I could think about or you know I've given much thought to well you know my pastor can I'm like oh well I don't really know your pastor all that well and she gets it she gets it she you know do she give me the side I should be like mm-hmm, I hear you but I don't it's not disrespectful and she understands that and she doesn't look at me like um like I'm disrespecting her she just look at it like she made her mind up you know like and that's her and again I feel like over time people come around to things you know I don't want to say sooner but people come around to things so maybe it's just the fact as though it, it worked with one generation and now she's saying that it don't work with this one and so just like listen I get the fuck up I don't know how she's looking at it I just know how I approach it and the fact is though I set familiar boundaries before things get out of hand so like Back when I was growing up, there was a situation that happened in my teenage years and my father blew up. All right. Like my father was fed the fuck up, stormed out the door, slammed the door. And we have my own house. Like this is not even your daughter slam. Fuck is you doing? <laughs> but, um, and I just remember my aunt and my grandmother kind of looking at him like, what the fuck? Why the fuck is he so offended? Like what the fuck is wrong with him? And who the fuck is he talking to? And I just, I remember again thinking like this conversation just could have been, totally different and I am not I am a person who doesn't like confrontation I'm a very confrontational person but in a healthy way like I'm not well I am the type of person that will walk up on you but I bet you got a problem but I don't put myself in situations to have to necessarily do that a lot for the most part I come to people and I'm just like hey um I feel like some tension between you and I, and I just kind of want to get to the bottom of it. Or I will go and apologize to a person if I feel like I was wrong and not even really worry about how they accept the apology, if they accept the apology at all. I don't take a lot of things personal. One, because I don't give a fuck because that's a coping mechanism for me. And it's something that I'm working with my therapist about. One of the ways that I cope is just by not giving a fuck. It, it, it is. It's just one of the ways that I cope. I just don't give a fuck. And it works for me. Um, is it unhealthy to an extent? Yes. In a lot of ways, though, it is healthy because I don't have an expectation for how the conversation or how something is going to turn out. I also have really bad anxiety, so I've already assumed the worst. So if it happens any um, to any caliber that is less than the extreme in my head, then we're good. <laughs> so... That's just how I look. I will have a full-on panic attack sometimes in my means of confrontation. However, when it's over, I'd be like, well, damn, that wasn't that bad. That wasn't even half of what I thought was, was going to happen. So, well, that's good. <laughs> but I'm working with my therapist now about those things of just feeling like, you know, you say what you say. But a lot of, I just, I, I don't be giving a fuck. Um, My parents weren't like that. My parents very much gave a fuck. And you could tell that they gave a fuck. And you can tell till this day that they very much give a fuck. So sometimes with my, sometimes with just family in general, um, arguments be ensuing. Like I've seen it between like my aunt and her mama. I done seen it between like my granny and her siblings. I'm just like, what the fuck are y'all yelling for? Like we can just talk. And if we can't talk right now, then let's just come back to it so that's something that I refuse to do I refuse I refuse to be the person that's just like well da, 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 and bitch who's you like I don't 
I just, I don't feel the need. It's just, it's so much extra energy that my throat be scratching. I got to take all these cough drops and then I got to come back and apologize for raising my voice on top of what I said. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't got time for all that. So I just, I don't. I just, I don't, I I communicate effectively <laughs> and I just set the boundary ahead of time. Like, don't, don't stop past my house. Like my family knows to call me before they come over here every now and then they will just pop up because they black and that's just what the fuck they do. Um, but I have, I have the choice to open the door or not. My whole entire family was just at my house yesterday. I mean, my entire family, I mean like my entire immediate family was at my house the other day. My mother, my father, her new, my mom's new dog, my little sister, both of my cousins, my grandmama, my great aunt. Then my partner came home and my son was here. Like we had a full, I had put the leftovers back in the oven so that they could get warm, fed everybody. Like we had a whole, I was not expecting this many motherfucking people, but we had a good time. Um, The only person that called and said they was on their way was my mama. But I accepted all of the guests. Like I said, every it's a, it's a one-off. But my family, as we grow and as we're learning and as, you know, like we're losing our, um, we're losing our elders, you know, like they're becoming our ancestors, things are changing. And to some, I think like for the elders of my family, they might be looking at it like, you know, these newfound ways. But I feel like, especially like my generation or even the generation before me, we look at it like, well, shit, now something is getting done. Like this shit is kind of healthy. So I, I, that's how I look at it. Um, I just be setting those familiar boundaries. Like don't come past my house. Like don't call first. Okay. Just, just call first. Um, and just, in, in general in things like how I raise my son the school he goes to whether or not I you know give 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 him certain vaccines whether or not he eats certain things like my grandma would be like that boy need to eat more meat he's so scared I'm like granny he don't like meat like I be trying to give it to him he eat chicken nuggets you know he might eat a turkey burger or a burger every now and then but the boy like fruit he like applesauce he like goldfish he loves water he'll fuck up some apple juice I'm gonna give him those things Cause that's what he'll eat. If you want me to bring him over your house so he can tell you that he not going. And that's another thing. Oh, he just going to tell you what he not going to eat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't feel like anybody should be forced to eat something that they don't want to eat. Do I think he should try it? Yes. But if he eats it and then he decides that it's nasty, I'm not going to give it to him again. I just, I don't understand why we feel like children don't deserve a certain level of respect just because they a child. They're still a whole fucking human being with feelings and emotions and their own personality and their own ways of being and their own thinking. I'd be damned if I'm going to tell my son what he going to eat and what he not going to eat when it comes down to his palate. And there's something else in here to offer him. I can understand that we ain't have shit. And again, I know where a lot of this comes from. I can understand that we didn't have other things in the house for him to eat. I could understand if, you know, it was me going out of my way to cook something else. But sometimes you just be like, maybe he don't want the chicken and he just want the sides. Or maybe he don't want the sides and he just want the chicken. It's my, I feel like those things are so minor. Like I'm just, I'm not doing it. So I just set familiar boundaries before, you know, anything like, and I just make it the norm. So that when they do come in my house, they be like, oh, such, such, such. yeah, yep. Before you even come in my door, they be like, listen, we're going to a Christian house. Everybody already know what the rules is for my house. Don't come in here arguing. Don't bring no drama to my motherfucking doorstep. Don't go touching shit on my altar. Don't go asking me questions that you don't want the honest answer to. And wash your hands before you go in my refrigerator. And don't buy me no welcome mats. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. That's all. I don't feel like that's too much to ask. Um... <laughs> 
Now, as far as the things that I'm giving my my family and my parents, especially credit for, the first thing is positive self-talk. I did not have the issue that some people have, and I'm thankful for this, growing up where their family spoke so much to their um, to their weight, spoke so much to their looks, spoke so much to those things. Like my goddaughter, who is my little cousin, uh, she is, you know, she's thicker, she's on the heavier side, and there are things that she could definitely do to change her diet, but her mother, my grandmother, my aunt, myself, none of us is just like, you know, you, you gain weight, baby. You look a little fat. You look a little this, you look a little that. Like it's none of that. Oh, you need to go to the gym. You need to do that. It's just like, you know, Hey, beautiful. Hey, like she's still a beautiful girl. I'm still going to tell her that she's beautiful. I'm still going to compliment her hair. I'm still going to compliment, you know, her smile. I'm still going to compliment her laugh. I'm still going to compliment the way that she is. Like, that's one thing I will say my family we some good looking motherfuckers and we're going to tell you that we looks the fuck good. Okay. And we're going to compliment each other. Like my uncle Bucky calls all of us moves from, um, revenge of the nerd, the mega, mega Mew Mews. Um, he just likes to call people moves and it's just something that goes with, you know, it, it's a joke. Like none of us take it serious. None of us have a, um, a complex about it. Like he has a big belly. Like it's not nothing that we look to like, we know that we look good and we be damned. You could, you could say anything about my family. You could call us fat, you cut, but you cannot call us ugly. All right. Like you can't, and we won't even allow you to the confidence in this family is so fucking high. I promise you that if we all got together and had to make one motherfucker, like one person to represent our entire family, that would be the most beautiful motherfucker you have ever seen. That is how much confidence our family has. And it's from the eldest to the youngest. We instill that in all of our children. We instill it in all of our, in all of the, in all of the youth. We instill it in all of the generations. We don't allow negative self-talk. Even if somebody like, you know, girl, my arms is looking no big and you still look good. And if it's something that you don't like, go ahead and change it. That That's what we believe. If it's something you, that you don't like and you have the full ability to definitely change it. And in those moments where we be like, listen, you know, um, like for instance, using my goddaughter again, for example, uh, my aunt came to me. She was like, I'm just kind of worried because, you know, the doctor said that she might be pre-diabetic. So what I do is I just call her like, hey, I'm going for a walk on Saturday. You want to join me? Or I make it fun. Like, hey, come on, walk around the mall with me. We ain't got to say nothing about size. We ain't got to say nothing about weight. We don't have to go in no clothing stores. We don't have to do anything that makes you uncomfortable. But I'm going to love you effectively. And that is something that my family does a great job of. We love each other in a way and we we big up each other in a way that I don't see in a lot of families. And that's one thing that I'm really thankful for. And my parents, my parents, I got some good looking parents. My mama fine. My daddy fine. They got some fine kids. All of us. I'm talking about like all of us, like from the oldest to the youngest. Like we real fine. Like we, we looks really good. You know, like we don't have no family photos because we can't get together. We can't get along long enough to get the picture taken because somebody don't like the shade of white. We got to wear that kind of shit, you know, like that'd be the issue. But for the most part, um, <laughs> if I, if I was to line all of us up in a line and take a picture, you'd be like, listen, that, that's a good, that's a good looking motherfucking family. We looks good. All right. If you scroll down my Instagram, 
you can see like pictures of my family just over time. My daddy looked good. My mama looked good. My aunt looked good. My granny looked good. My baby looked good. My partner looked good. My sisters looked good. My brother is handsome. Like we all look good. My cousin Rhonda looked good. My aunt Jennifer looked good. Cousin Karan. We all look good as fuck. We look real good. Y'all see how much time I spent on that? Cause I just want y'all to know how good we look. <laughs> um, the other thing is freedom of creativity. My parents did an excellent job on that. I did everything. I did debate. I did future educators of America. I did theater. I did lacrosse. I did spoken word. I did choir my entire time in secondary school. I did culinary arts. Like in school, I used to cook, uh, makeup. My mom uh, had me take courses at like Mac at the Mac counter. You could used to be able to go in and do classes. My mom bought me an entire makeup kit. My dad let me shave this out of my head. I got my first tattoo at 16, like fully just able to express ourselves creatively like no problem the music we listen to all of those things with no judgment as many times as we wanted to change our mind we could as many times we wanted to change our style we could they didn't really dictate what it was that we wore like for me it was like oh just make sure it wasn't like too short or too revealing for my age at the time but they would just give us the money and be like hey go ahead and go shopping at the mall drop us off pick us up and then we would like try to close on when we got home and if it was something they didn't necessarily agree with we would just return it and get something else but it was never judgmental like oh why your titty you know why your titties out why your thighs out too much thigh too much it was never that it was just be like all right you know you 14 let's maybe we need to size up on the jeans because your butt crack out like those things um but I always had freedom of creativity my brother all of us and it shows it shows in everything that we do if you were to look at any of my siblings if you were to look at like especially even like my parents grandchildren if you outward my mom lets my son wear whatever like it don't have to match if that's what he want to wear that's what he want to wear as long as like it's nothing like too crazy to the point where he might hurt himself. Like if he got on one slipper and one rain boot, like and we outside, like she won't allow that. But if he want to wear a purple shirt and green pants, baby, go for it. She it ain't, it ain't shit. Like the fuck it, it is what it is. Um, the third thing is the openness to ask questions. Now, would they lie sometimes? Yes. And that's primarily the reason why the trauma exists. Um, but they never stopped me from asking questions. It was never like, well, stay in a child's place. It would just kind of be like a blanketed explanation to things that I would then find out, you know, like the real truth about later. Um, or they would say things like, you know, when you get older, I'll explain it to you. Um, it might not be something that you can understand right now, but when you get older, um, let's put a pin in it. And when you get older, you know, I express that. Or if it's coming up a lot, I would say like, you know, well, why is this going on? Why? And they would, one thing, one thing that my parents did really well was get me into therapy, right? Counseling, some type of counseling during their divorce. I had a lot of questions. So they sent me to a specialist who knew a lot about children and divorce. And I asked all my questions to the specialist. So I always had the ability to just outright ask questions. And I appreciate that because even now my son will ask me questions. I'd be like, oh, what's this? Or like, especially like about his body um, or just like about things in general. Mommy, what's this? Like, it's a stop sign, Bubba, or like just, you know, things outside. Mommy, why does that person not have, you know, a leg? I don't know, Bubs. Let's go ask him. And I'll say things like, you know, I apologize, but my son was looking at, you know, the fact is, though, you, you know, like you look different than he does and he has a question. I, you know, hope it's not, and nobody has a problem with it. Everybody's just like, yeah, sure. He can come over and ask me anything. Um, those things, I've just always been able to outright ask questions. As a child, my parents did the same thing. If I saw somebody that looked different or maybe 
maybe I saw another child that was different than me, I would ask questions and my mom or my dad would literally walk me over to the parent and allow the child to explain it to me or they would explain it to me or we would just look it up online or find a fucking book. At one point, my mom was making me write papers. That's traumatic in its fucking self. Um, But I had the ability to ask questions. So I definitely give them credit for that. Um, And the last thing is making changes when it didn't suit their agenda. Both of my parents have main character syndrome. Okay. We moved so fucking much. It is ridiculous. I think in my child, and for me, it was a lot. I'm pretty sure that people have moved way more than I have. But for me to be in a two parent household and for me to have moved six fucking times before, I think I was six. Houston, what the fuck? Like what? What? How are y'all finding? Because a nigga know now. Like what I know the movie cut. Well, my dad was All right. So I know where they got the money from. But um, just moving all the fucking time. Or the fact that like, let's say my mom bought an area rug. And the area rug had a little bit of brown in it. And the couch was maybe like olive green. Instead of returning the carpet, she would just go get a new couch. It there are Which honestly... It, I give them credit for, but it's also a refusal for me as well because I'm working on being more financially intelligent than my parents was. My parents had different cars. We had different couches. We had different homes. They had different partners. Anytime that something didn't suit their agenda, they would just make the change. It's probably why I fucking hate change now. But I give them credit because what it allows me to do even as an adult is in the moments where I don't feel fully satisfied by something that I own or somebody in my life and... I have the ability to say like, hey, this isn't working for me. I either have the ability to A, as far as people, work it out with them or B, say fuck that shit and just keep it pushing. And I'm trying to do it in a healthy way. My parents didn't do it in a healthy way, but I give them credit for showing me that it is okay to change your fucking mind. Now, the way that they went about it sometimes, mm, yes, can be very unhealthy, but They allowed me to see that if it is not to your benefit, you have the ability to change your mother fucking mind. And I thank them for that. Again, I am so thankful for my parents. Like I know that they did the best that they could. I know that even now they are doing the best that they can in having adult children because sometimes we be having questions now. We be like, well, now that I think about it, why the fuck don't I have a trust fund? Why don't I have these things? My parents are just like, because I spent it on something else. Because I was too busy doing this. I was too busy ripping around the streets. I was too busy doing this. Too busy focused on this. Like, I get it. I definitely could have used the help. But, um, you wasn't fucking with it at the time. I understand. And I don't hold my parents to, um, that level of accountability anymore. Because I'm also pretty much, I'm very much independent. So, I've started the forgiveness process. I've started the um, awareness of our relationship and where it stands and the relationship that I have with their beliefs and, you know, their traditions and how it pertains to my life and whether or not it's conducive to my growth, conducive to my parenting skills, conducive to my partnership, like the things that I saw, the things that I experienced. Do I want this to happen going forward? I'm breaking generational curses and I know that. You're breaking generational curses and you know that. You just have to... Or you don't have to do a damn thing, but be black and die if you're black. But um, the only thing that you really, I ask that you consider doing is just taking time to think about what are the positives of your parents? There has to be at least one thing, you know, like it's got to be something. 
hopefully. Um, and you know, what can you give them credit for? And then really pay attention to all the things that you just like, listen, I saw my parents doing, I'm not fucking doing it. I don't blame you, baby. I don't blame you. I wouldn't do it either. I would not do it either. So, you know, make that list, make the list of the credits and the refusals. Talk to your parents. If you have an open relationship with them to the point where, you know, you can go to them and, you know, they not pussyfoot around it or, you know, BS around the shit. And y'all can just talk, talk about it. Shoot, like really shoot the shit with your parents. Your parents, they really cool as shit at this age, to be honest, because you're grown now. So they feel like a lot of shit that they wanted to tell you, they couldn't tell you. Well, bitch, I'm grown. But you have to go into it with a certain mindset and a certain heart as well. Like I didn't go into my conversations with a hard heart. I went in with a very open heart. I went in with a very open mind. And I don't know how many people are able to do that. Um, I would ask that you consider, you know, preparing yourself. Don't don't just please don't just throw yourself into this like oh shit I listened to Dim Chakras episode let me go ahead and go call my mother real quick no no and also um allow them to prep for the conversation I'm gonna be honest with you maybe create a survey a little questionnaire and just give it to them like hey in your free time can you fill this out get it back to me you know, like maybe, um, just because it, it, and it's also kind of playful. Um, it's something that I really want to do with my partner. I want to start doing questionnaires with him. And as my son gets older, I want to do questionnaires. with. I question him all the time. Is mommy being a good mommy? Yes. Is there anything mommy could be doing differently? He might say yes or no. And he's only four. So sometimes it'd be like, well, what could mommy do different? Um, I don't know. He just, you know, saying shit, but sometimes he really be honest. I'd be like, you know, is mommy a good mommy? Yes. Or is mommy a good mommy? No. Well, what, it, what you know, how can mommy improve? How can mommy be a better mommy? Mommy could give me more ice cream. Um, Mommy could give me more peanut butter and jelly. Mommy could take me to the playground. Those things. Like, it's, it's little, but I want to create that relationship with him now so that he knows, like, I don't have to hide shit from my mother. I don't have to feel like I can't talk to my mother. I don't want to feel like I got to be afraid of how my mother is going to react. Now, I'm not one of those, like, you know, hippie, oh, peace to the world parents. Like, nah, I still tell them, like, sit the fuck down somewhere. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on it. But sometimes he just be trying me. But I do. I, I effectively, I effectively do things as, as a parent, as a, as a parent and as a person. And as I go through things in life and as I experience things in life, I, I think about the credits. I think about the refusals. I think about the application of those things in my life, what is conducive, what is not conducive. And I go from there. So I'm asking that if, you know, if this resonates with you at all, that you try these things. Okay. Like just, just give it a try. Just give it a try and see what happens. You you never know. This might, you know, help mend a wound. This might help to um, reclaim a connection between you and your parents. It might just open up a can of worms and you might like, damn, I didn't even know that shit was going on. You know, it might give you an open heart to forgive your parents as well because you didn't even know what was going on in the back end. It wasn't your business to know. But now that you do know, you can kind of get a better understanding. Be like, damn, I probably would have did that shit too. But how can we grow from here? That's what I care about. How can we grow from here? And to be honest, it's probably some things that your parents want to apologize to you about, but honestly feel like it's not their place to because they're the parent and they honestly feel like you wouldn't even understand what they were apologizing for. I'm going to be honest with you because that's one thing my mama said. My mama said, like, I, I'm sorry, Christian. I just was like, for what? <laughs> like what? What are you talking about? 
And when you like, we we just had such an honest conversation. I love my mommy. I love my mommy. I love my daddy. Um, and I don't give a fuck how much they get on my nerves. I don't care how much therapy I need from them. I love them because I choose to love them. They love me because they choose to love me, and I love them for that as well. Family, if nobody's told you today, please let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And before we get up out of here from this long ass episode, I have talked for a long time. Um, If I had to roll one up, pour one out, pour one up this week, I am going to, I think I'm going to pour one up this week. I'm really proud of myself. I'm really proud of like the different endeavors that I have going on at the moment. Really proud of my partner. I just have so much to celebrate right now. And it might seem like little wins, but I'm really starting to like regain my footing with a lot of things and just like growing and who I am as a person and really starting to like better understand myself and who I am and being very accepting of who I am and all that I come with. And I'm just really proud of myself on this journey. And I'm really proud of the people around me because they're growing as well. And I just feel like... I'm just surrounded by the right people. I'm really open to networking as well. So, you know, like y'all talk to me too. Like I want to celebrate my wins with people who want to celebrate their wins as well. I want to be around like-minded people. And if you're looking to, you know, like upgrade your networking and you can benefit from me and you know a way that I can benefit from you, slide in my DMs and let's talk about it. D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. But I did tell y'all at the beginning of this episode to please try and limit your social media consumption. So take that into consideration as well. That's that duality there, is it not? Again, family, if nobody's told you today, please let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you and thank you for your time this week. And I will talk to y'all when I talk to y'all. Ashe, Ashe.